0: That again, because
1: we were the beggar, but now we're royalty, and we were the prisoner, but now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by his grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy, there's joy in the house of the Lord. we'll shout out your praise there's joy in the house of the lord our god is surely in this place and we won't be quiet we'll shout out your praise we'll shout out your praise there's joy in the house of the lord Cause our God is surely in this place And we'll shout out your praise Amen.
0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
1: Who am I that the highest king would welcome I was lost, but he brought me, and you know his love for me, oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets me, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes, I am. Sing, so free at last. Free at last he has ransomed me His race runs deep While I was a slave to sin Jesus died for me Yes, he died for me Who the Son sets free Oh, is free indeed I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. Oh, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. Oh, I am who you say Oh God, oh yeah. I'm a child of God, oh, yes, I am.
0: Claim this promise today, I am
1: chosen. I am chosen, not for safe. Say, I am. You are for me, not against me. So I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. Lord, I am who you say I am. More time. I am chosen not forsaken oh i am who you say i am you are for me not against me so i am who you say i am oh i Always sweet
0: Jesus, thank you, Jesus. You are so good, Lord.
1: do promise keeper light in my darkness my god that is who you are you are here and in every heart i worship you i worship you you are here turning Oh, the way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are my way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are declare it today you are Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That is who you are that is who you are that is who you are lord that is who you are how many know that this is true oh even when i can't feel it you're working even when i don't see it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I can't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You'll never stop. You'll never stop working. You'll never stop. You'll never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are not worker promise keeper life in the darkness my god that is who you are you're my way maker miracle worker promise keeper life in the darkness my god that is who you are you're the Make a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God,
0: that is who you are. Give him praise because that is who he is. Everything we need. Thank you, Lord.
2: To the Cornelius Church of God, we're glad to have all of you with us this morning, here and there. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. Uh, it's good to be in God's house. He's everything that that song just. He's every bit of it, and uh, I can't. Uh, I was thinking, when we're over here uh, cleaning on Friday, we get here usually uh, nine, nine thirty, somewhere around there, and we're cleaning. The last two weeks, we've been bringing Christmas music and been singing Christmas music. And and, uh, the girl that's doing the singing, she's wearing it out. Oh, holy night, she is just wearing it out. But then she gets to let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, and white Christmas. And I'm not praying for to let it snow, let it snow, (laughs) let it snow. And I am definitely not dreaming of a white Christmas. A few flakes, and I got family that says, oh, snowing outside, I can't make it. So... I'm not doing either one of those things, but uh, it is good to be in God's house. Uh, those songs should have put us in a great spirit of worship this morning. And I hope that we will as, this, as the service continues to go on. It's time to receive our tithe and offering if our usher will come at this time. Brother Joyner, if you will, say the blessing of the offering.
3: morning and those songs have put me in a great spirit and and i'm grateful that he never stops working and i'm grateful for all of you guys it's time now to receive prayer requests this morning gretchen we do want to pray for pop pop Gigi as they travel and pray that his back gets to feeling better sister Mr. Eggers, you say Colton, and, and got you. We we'll pray for him, brother Mike. Request pray for those in Kentucky and pray for his family, Sister Shuggy. Right, Cassidy made the dean's list. Nice. I definitely want to pray for Hannah, granddaughter, sister Vicky's granddaughter, Hannah, pray for her, yes, Rhonda. tracks family yeah that's sister we'll pray for sister Dean's brother yes sister For Ken and Sister Keller back spasms, they're not, they're no fun. Couldn't imagine 90 years old and having them. Anyone else? If not, spoken any unspoken requests, raise your hands. Let's take these to the Lord. Okay, it's time to fellowship.
4: Came to Bethlehem, expecting child. They searched the inn to find a place for you. Were coming soon. There was no room. To the place at which she... you would try
5: lady that's already rejoicing with the Lord now, thank God, and, and uh, pick on you even now. Sister. God is good, isn't He? God is so good. Oh, He's worthy of our praise. Boy, I like all the songs, but I do like that He is only good. He is only good. He has blessed this preacher. I'll tell you from that that I've had to go through uh, since April and uh, to this day, and things are getting back like they were before appetite is doing well. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Sister uh, Keller. Sister Keller, thank you. That orange... Coconut cake is dynamite. Praise the Lord. My wife brought a slice yesterday, a slice that would probably be good for shame, and I ate every crumb of it. The appetite's coming back. But I'll tell you guys, whenever you lose that and things are not good, you do praise the Lord for it coming back. And I, I praise the Lord for everything. His goodness, I, I got up this morning I was breathing. Thank you, Lord. Uh, his blessings are everywhere. His goodness is all over the place. We live in a troubled time, but God is here. And I like it because God is still in control. And I'll tell you, God's presence truly is in this place today. Maybe there's one more that wants to say a little thing. About the goodness of God in your life. Are you here this morning? You'd praise Him for it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. Is, come, let us adore Him, don't you? Oh, let us come all the time. Well, and even when Christmas is past, we come in the doors to adore the Lord. We come in the doors to sit in heavenly places with Him. We come in the doors to worship Him. That's why we're here. Is there another you'd like to brag Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Bless your heart. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, we're glad too. Amen. We're glad, too. I'll tell you, we've been hearing great preaching, and God is touching us through the preaching of His Word. I believe that we are taking it into our heart and using it, and it's there the next day to help us to do our best for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this preaching, this kind of preaching, I hope is going on everywhere because we're living in a troubled time. We're living in a time... That we need to get right and stay right for Jesus Christ is coming soon. Amen.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. So today uh, we, our, our capabilities have been the case that we could do this, but uh, but we just had no, never tried it before. So we're going to try it today. That uh, we have yes. So our title and the points are there yeah so we're gonna see what we're gonna see about that and y'all give me just a second because i don't care what the doctor says the uh the sinuses are are alive and well right oh my golly sister hager said that they they told colton that um he couldn't have a sign you know the sinus stuff just you know all all this stuff's gone (laughs) no no it's here so bless us Anyway, we are we're talking we're in a series about using our words. So last week we we discussed the important of the importance of the spoken word uh, to the process of creation, and it's my hope that from last week uh, we've understood that God can take the most void and worthless thing, death covered no good nothing and transform it with just a word and today it is to be or not to be that is the question yes so have you ever doubted yourself I don't know about you and maybe you're confident all the time and and some of us may seem as though we are some of us may be confident all the time but but there are some possibly you've you've doubted yourself and We've all had those feelings of inadequacy at one time or another. We question whether or not God can use us or would would he even want to because I know myself. I, I would like to be one thing, but sometimes to be that takes a lot of effort or I just don't see myself being Compared to others that I admire, I don't really measure up. When the enemy whispers discouragement or negativity, it is not a far reach for me to believe what I hear. But what words has my father used regarding me? The greatness that God sees. At this point, uh, we're going to take a look in Judges chapter 6. The children of Israel had been in the promised land for about 200 years by now. Joshua had led them into the promised land, and from that time they had had judges who had led them. And during this time, they had begun this vicious cycle of disobedience. They would disobey, and they would be punished. God would allow the enemy nations to come in and invade them. And then they would repent and cry out to God, and God would send a judge to rescue them. And then they would live okay for a while under the rule of this particular judge, and then they would disobey again. And God would allow their enemies to come in, and then they would call out to God, and then he'd send another judge, and it just kept going on and on and on. So they were in... A two hundred thus far two hundred year cycle of this, and the people cried out to God for deliverance, and they were calling out to God because at this point in Judges chapter six they were being fought by the Midianites, the enemy nation of Midian, the name meaning strife. They were one of the nations that hired Balaam to curse the children of Israel, Midian and Moab had gotten together earlier in, uh, well, a few hundred years ago, and had paid this false prophet Balaam to curse the children of Israel. So they had had issues throughout history with this particular land. The Midianites had terrorized the Israelites for seven years, the beginning of this chapter tells us frightening them to the point that they had made caves in the mountains to escape. They just said, we just have to get away. We can't fight back. We're not strong enough. So we're just going to, they went to the natural caves and the ones that were not big enough, they would hew out further into the mountain so that they would have a safe place to stay. These were ruthless people who invaded the land, destroyed all the crops, Killed all the livestock so that the people were impoverished. It doesn't even say that they stole the items for themselves. It's just that they destroyed them so that the Israelites would not be able to have anything. But, in Judges chapter 6, starting with verse 11, the Lord found a man named Gideon. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah. That pertained unto Joash, the Abisezerite, and his son Gideon, threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. So the angel of the Lord appeared under an oak tree. We soon learn in in the next few verses that this is a theophany or a Christophany, meaning that it was an incarnation of Jesus or of of God the Father before the incarnation in the New Testament. So we see this a few times Melchizedek. There are a few other times uh, an angel of the Lord came to Abraham. We see this, that it's not, uh, it's a bodily form, but the people don't recognize it as Yahweh or as Jesus. So, this angel, this messenger, but it was God, we know later, came and sat under an oak tree, and he saw Gideon, who was in a very odd place for his intended task. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. When wheat was harvested, it was taken to a threshing floor, and a threshing floor would have been up on top of a mountain. Or at least a high heel. And there was a threshing floor m- usually made of wood. And the people would bring all of their wheat and lay it down on the ground, on the threshing floor. And depending on the, uh, the wealth of the person who was threshing the wheat, either their servants would have come and, and stomped on the wheat, or they would have had uh, oxen to tread out the grain. So, someone else would have been, like, lots and lots of people together, or an animal would have come and, and stomped on it. Then, once the wheat was all, was all crushed, they would take these big pitchforks and fling it up into the air. And it, because it was on a hill or on top of a mountain, when they flung it up, the chaff would blow away in the wind and the wheat was heavy enough that it would fall back down to the ground. And they would do this process many, many times until the chaff was completely gone. And then they would gather up the wheat and they would have their their wheat harvest. So, in this case, though, the wine press was kind of the opposite direction because a wine press would have been in a very low place. Once they had harvested the grapes they would have thrown them into the press and all the all the leaves and all the pieces would have been thrown in there and people would have come and stomped on the grapes and as they're stomping on it there was a mm, kind of a almost sewer system and when you think of sewer it's not the not that kind of drainage system maybe is a better word but all the juice that had come out would have drained down to a lower area, a lower basin for holding the grapes. And then even sometimes there were underground tunnels where it would have seeped all the way through for the final product. So it was low and lower and possibly even lower. Sometimes completely a cistern or a whale would have been dug into the ground. For a wine press. So there was no wind where Gideon was. He was not in the right place for the job he was doing. So the Lord sees him hiding from the Midianites down in a pit. He had gathered, by implication of of the verses, he had gathered only a small amount of wheat and was threshing it by hand. He was crushing it with his hands away from any wind. And the Lord appeared to him with this word. Yahweh is with you, mighty man of valor. Mighty man, powerful warrior. Mighty man of valor, meaning strength. See, the name Gideon meant feller, and we saw that, a <laughs> feller. Like, oh, they were southern. Um, Gideon was a, Gideon, the, the name meant feller, someone who knocked something down, a warrior who was able to destroy. So he said, Hello, Gideon, you feller you warrior, you mighty man of valor. These are the words that Yahweh used when speaking to Gideon. Yahweh is with you. And this was in a sense of in a spiritual way, but also he was proclaiming himself. Here I am. I'm here in front of you. Yahweh is with you. You are in the presence of God. And notice in verse 13, and Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, and this is small, uh, small uh, O-R-D so it's not Yahweh <clears throat> Oh my Lord if Yahweh the Lord be with us <laughs> why then has all this befallen us and where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of saying did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt but now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites most relatable person ever (laughs) because as the Lord says to Gideon oh the Lord is with you mighty man of valor (laughs) Gideon says yeah okay if Yahweh is with us then why is all this happening if God's really here with me if God is for me If I'm a mighty man of valor, why am I in this pit threshing wheat? Why am I in this place I'm in? This is not where I should be. Where are all the miracles that our ancestors told us about? He brought the people out of Egypt, but now he has forsaken us. And this means to pound or to smite. Not just to leave it says the Lord has forsaken us that doesn't just mean that he's left us in the Hebrew this means to pound or to smite the Lord has knocked us down and then given us over to the Midianites so Gideon is hearing directly from Yahweh the words that God would speak to him but then the words that he replies with are yeah right if God is really with me then why again most relatable character I don't know about you, but I felt that way before. Then in verses 14 through 18, it says, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? (laughs) And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. So we hear, we see, we witness the the call of Gideon. Your assignment, Gideon, is to save Israel from the Midianites. <laughs> it says that the Lord looked upon him. In verse fourteen, the Lord looked upon him. He saw where he was, but that didn't matter to the Lord. Yeah, I see you in that pit. You're you're gonna save Israel. No, Lord, not me. Yeah, I see you. And I'm telling you what you're going to (laughs) do. So he seems shocked. How will I be able to save Israel? We see his excuses. First of all, my family is poor. I have a lack of resources. The second thing he says is, I am the least in my father's house. He had a lack of influence again comes the reassurance of Yahweh I will be with you and you will strike the Midianites then Gideon asked for some type of confirmation that the Lord has called him to this purpose please give me a sign that you've talked to me (laughs) because I think I've heard you but I don't know give me a sign verses 19 through 21 say and Gideon went in and made ready a kid and unleavened cakes of an ephah a flour. The flesh he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes and there rose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. So Gideon left to gather refreshments for the Lord. He made ready a, a kid, a young goat, unleavened cakes and broth. And when it was brought before the Lord, and this was, in essence, a, a fellowship meal, and he's, he's bringing this to the angel of the Lord, this person, to be able to refresh him, to be able to uh, be kind and friendly to him. But when this meal is brought before the Lord, he told Gideon, lay it as a sacrifice. Lay it down on this rock and pour out the liquid. To us there is little significance perhaps, but to those living under the sacrificial system there would have been Because Gideon here offers to Yahweh the components of a peace offering. You don't have to turn there, but if you're taking notes, in Numbers chapter 15, verses 1 through 15, it talks about the peace offering. And that the components of a peace offering were an animal sacrifice, unleavened bread, and wine. And the sacrifices were to be laid down, and the wine was to be poured over it. And that when it was consumed, that this voluntary sacrifice was viewed as a time of fellowship between God and man. Man was thought to be the guest at God's table during this offering. So without even realizing it, Gideon brings forth this peace offering in the presence of God. And he says, God, I'm your guest. Do with, do with me whatever you want. I'm bringing this to you as a voluntary offering. Set it on fire. Yahweh consumed the sacrifice and then departed. In verses 22 through 27 it says, And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face, and the Lord said unto him. See, so even when he departed, he's still speaking. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee. Fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Afra of the Abiezrites. And it came to pass the same night. That the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place, and set the second bullock, and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants, and did as the Lord had said unto him, and it was... And so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by day and he did it by night. So we see his first act of obedience. Gideon finally realized that Yahweh had been with him, that he had been in the presence of the Almighty. So he built an altar and named it Jehovah. or That's our pronunciation, but in the, as we know a little bit, more and better, Yahweh. Yahweh Shalom. And we think of Shalom as peace, and of course it is, but also means completeness. Because the Lord had spoken peace over him. When he realized that he had been in the presence of God and seen Yahweh face to face, he was worried because no man shall see the face of the God and, and live. But he said, O oh Lord, I've seen you. And the Lord said, Peace be unto you. You shall not die. So he builds an altar and names it Yahweh completeness. Then the Lord tells Gideon to tear down the altar of Baal and the worship grove of his father. So not only was he poor and the least of these, but he came from a home that was not a church home. He came from a place that was not devoted to God. But God still chose him. <laughs> he is to take a bullock from his father's flock and lay it on the altar that he builds using the fire, the the wood for, for a fire and, and sacrifice to the Lord. So Gideon called 10 trusted servants to execute a covert mission they performed this task at night because he was afraid of what might happen to him if he tore down Baal's altar in the sight of his family obedience nonetheless we learn later on and we're not going to finish the chapter but we we learn later on some different things about Gideon in the next couple chapters that Gideon continued to hear from the Lord. The Lord continued to speak to him. But this is super significant because we have this choice to be or not to be who Yahweh calls us to be. One of my favorite quotes or ideas is to treat people not as they are but as they could be. Because if we treat people like they are, they're aggravating and they're difficult. But if we see, you have potential. You can be better than you are right now. And if we express that to them, you know what, I can see you doing big things. Then it's possible that they'll begin to live up to that. So I believe that this is what our Heavenly Father does to us. Because we were born wretched and in need of a Savior. But while we were yet sinners, He sent His only Son to die for us. He didn't, he didn't dismiss us because we weren't good enough. But He invites each and every one of us to, to come into His presence and be changed. But even beyond that, even beyond salvation, God has a specific purpose for each of us. And He doesn't wait until we're perfect to call us into obedience. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Because not a whole lot would get done if He waited on me to be perfect before He told me what to do. Before I got out of the pit to call me worthy. When the Lord speaks a word about you, how will you respond? When he speaks a word over you, how will you respond? There are a few different things that we can see through this. Number one, your name is already Gideon. Will we choose to believe what God sees and says, or will we just believe our circumstances? God merely spoke the truth over Gideon's life. You are a warrior. That was his name, right? You are one who tears down. You are a mighty person of valor. Your entire life has been prepping you for this purpose. It's been bringing you to this point. Your name is Gideon. I knew who you were going to be before your parents even named you that he says you are called you are chosen you are accepted and whether you can believe it or not is up to you to be or not to be that's your choice but i'm calling you what you are and and sometimes like lord, lord i'm in a pit i only have a little You're going to do good things. No, Lord, I'm in a pit. No, you're going to be more than that. But Lord, God, how am I going to make it? How am I going to be victorious? If you have a plan for me. If. If. If, then why? That hit me. That hit me, and I have that underlined. If, then why? If you're good, then why did that happen? If we're going to do more and be more, then why don't we have all these resources? If we're going to be better, why aren't we already? If, then why? Why am I stuck? Why am I still fighting the same enemy? Why am I still sick? Why am I still hurting? Why have I not gotten over this thing? If you're good, then why? But here's the thing. You have nothing to prove to God. I'll say that again for those who... For those who struggle with this kind of thing, you have nothing to prove to God. He already sees. He already sees your struggle. He already sees that you're in a pit. No matter what you try to look like to anybody else, He sees. But, whether you are in the pit or on the mountaintop, if you keep working keep praying staying faithful you're still a warrior you're still one that god has chosen no matter where you are the call of god is without repentance if he's called me if he's chosen me then then pit or mountaintop i'm still me i'm still gideon the second thing we see is that through him we are complete When Gideon heard what God was calling him to do, deliver Israel from the Midianites, he began to explain to God why he would not be able to do that. Okay, Lord. And he didn't realize that it was God at the time again. So, oh, okay, Lord. The reasons are thus. I am poor. I am the least of all of my brothers. So he, he makes these excuses to God as to why he cannot do what he's been called to do. Lord, I don't have the resources to do that. Lord, I don't have the influence to do that. Neither of those things were a surprise to God. If God could if God knew exactly where Gideon was, who he was hiding in a pit away from the Midianites, and God still found him. God certainly knew what his issues were, what his limitations were. He knew the circumstances surrounding Gideon's position but the Lord said I am with you. And when the Lord is with me, I am enough. And there's this whole this there's this whole big thing nowadays and it's a it's a ploy of the enemy I think. But this idea you're enough, you're enough. No you're not. Me by myself I'm not enough. I can do my best. I can try really hard and I'm a good tryer so I could get close but (laughs) but I'm not enough me alone I'm not enough but when I have God making up for all my inadequacies (laughs) when I have God to direct all the works that make me me that's the only time that I'm enough but I have to understand that I can't keep making excuses or putting myself down when I have God cause that's not good that's a defeatist attitude oh Lord I know you're with me but I'm still I, I can't do this or that or this well If God's with me, if He's for me, if He's on my side, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm beyond a warrior. It's already been done. So I don't have to worry that I'm not enough when I have God. So to continue to say, I'm not good enough, I don't have this, I don't have that, is unacceptable. Lord, help us. But see, the Lord gives His peace. Not as the world gives. The human idea of peace is freedom from troubles. Everything going just right. Everybody's getting along. That's the human idea of peace. Yes, everything was peaceful. Very calm. (laughs) But Yahweh Shalom is God our completeness. Through Him alone I am enough. When I rely on Yahweh Shalom, He makes me complete. And then I don't have to worry. And I can have peace in the middle of the crazy in the middle of the terrible situation, in the middle of the questions, in the middle of why God, if I have Yahweh Shalom, I am complete. I know that I can never be enough, and that's what scares me. But Yahweh Shalom is my peace in the midst of strife. Remember this, that Gideon built an altar and named it Yahweh Shalom while the Midianites were surrounding. So in the midst of strife as we heard Midian means strife in the midst of strife God is my peace. When everything surrounds me when everything is going wrong around me I'm centered in Christ who is my peace the third thing we see is that we need to do it even if we're afraid. Gideon asked for confirmation of God's calling. Initially, just to know that God had truly called him as a deliverer, he said, you know, please just let me give me a sign that you've spoken to me. And God confirmed to Gideon by consuming the sacrifice. He said, "Yes, lay this lay this on the rock and he stretched forth the staff and the sacrifice was consumed and that was a confirmation. Being set on fire, being set ablaze, having an excitement, having a fire burning, that's what confirmed to Gideon. Having a fire shut up in his bones that he couldn't get away from, that's what, that's what confirmed to Gideon, yes, the Lord has called me. We see later on in this chapter that he asked the Lord for confirmation by the fleece. So that shows that even though he had heard from the Lord, even though he had seen God face to face, even though he had received the first confirmation, he laid the sacrifice down, it was consumed. Even though he had obeyed God by tearing down the groves, and building an altar and sacrificing in the middle of the night, even though he had done that, he still wasn't convinced. Again, most relatable person. Gideon heard from the Lord to perform an act of obedience that would confirm his trust in the call of Yahweh. And he performed the task. He tore down the pagan altar... But he did it at night because he was afraid of his family, afraid of the men of his town. And sometimes we may look at that and say, oh, well, how cowardly that he went out in the middle of the night and he did it, but he did it. If God did not know that we would be afraid to step out, he never would have said, fear not. He never would have said be strong and courageous so many times. If God thought that we were just going to completely obey the first time, and say, hey, go do such and such. Like, yeah, God, gotcha. Let's do this. No. He, he knows our humanity, and he knows that we will take a step forward and then maybe take a step back. And we'll take a step forward and say, oh, Lord, are you Sure. Are you really sure? You know me, right? You still know me? And God knows this. Being afraid does not mean that you're less worthy or that you're less called. The Lord honors our obedience to His Word. So being afraid is is not a sin. Being concerned asking god why that's not that's not a sin disobedience not doing it at all that's where the problem begins so i can still doubt and like i don't know about this i'm gonna walk and i'm gonna try maybe okay god i'm stuck right here can you please help me but if we're obeying if you're moving you're doing it right So today, what do you hear the Lord speaking? What have you heard the Lord speak over you? Is there a new call that you feel He's putting on your life? Or a call to a deeper relationship with Him that He's speaking to you and that you've been hearing in the back of your mind or in your spirit. You've be- been beginning to feel a, a fire shut up in your bones and saying, Oh Lord, is this the is this the right way? Is this the direction? This feels different. This feels new. Or maybe he's trying to resurrect an old dream that has been buried. Are you an answer to someone's prayer? And the Lord's just asking you for obedience. Call that person. Write a letter. Um, go visit. You know, he's, he's just asking you for small acts of obedience. Just a little bit of stepping out. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Will they think I'm odd? Why, you know, Will they wonder why I'm doing this? So today, I want us to believe. Because we each have the choice to be or not to be who the Lord has said. Who the Lord has spoken from the beginning. He has used his words over each of us. He has called and he has chosen. So understand and believe today that you are already Gideon. A mighty person of valor. That through him you are complete. So you got no more excuses. And that we need to do it even though we're afraid because God honors our obedience. As the music plays, I just want us to hear again the words that God speaks over us. And sometimes it's hard to hear. Sometimes it's hard to hear over every negative thing that's going on in your mind, over every worry, over every concern. Sometimes our, our negativity about ourselves comes through, and you hear all these excuses. You can't because, and if, then why? All this stuff just comes in. But today we want to hear with good clarity. The words that God has to say. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word because it is true. It is sharp and it is powerful.
4: It is a two-edged
0: sword that that pierces, that separates the joints from the marrow God, I thank you that you speak to us through your word that has existed for so very long but it is still so relevant today that we can learn and receive from you. Thank you that you're still calling, that you're still speaking, that you haven't stopped. Father, I pray that Yahweh Shalom would just come down be our completeness today Father be our peace in the midst of the crazy Father peace that the that the father can only give. Not, not the peace that the world gives because we understand that things won't always go our way. It won't always look good. It won't always be perfect. But peace in the middle of a pit, God. Peace in the low places. Completeness when we can't see. Peace Father, God, we ask you that today. Father, that you would help us to see and understand that before we were born, you had a purpose for each of us. And that we may not all have the same calling, and that's good, because your body needs to be made up of so many different parts. And God, I pray that you would give clarity, that you would speak and confirm and help us to see. That if you have called us to something, then you won't leave us alone. Help us to see that through you, we can be enough. That only through you, our resources don't matter. Our influence doesn't matter because you can make it enough. You can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. Through the power that works in us, I ask for clarity for each one calling out, for each person saying, what now? What now? God, things didn't go the way I felt they would, so what now? God, I'm in the middle of a transition, so what now? God, I'm at a crossroads, so what now? And if, then then why? If this happens, but give us clarity. And God, I ask for each of us to develop a sense of obedience, even to the small things, that if we hear a small prompting of your Holy Spirit, that we would do it in Jesus' name. God, that we would speak out love and truth, that we would call and visit, that we would That we would give, that we would do exactly what you called us to do in the small things, so that you will show us the bigger things, that you know that you can trust us, God. Heavenly Father, we trust in you today. We trust in you today. We just worship you today.
1: Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to hearts today, God. Open us up. Speak to us today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are that peace. And we say, peace be sealed. And, and we ask you to do this over each life you struggling today. Thank you, Lord. We say over your people, may the Lord bless you. May Yahweh bless you. May he keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. And may he give you his shalom. In